Hey, everybody, welcome into episode number 94 of the Curtain Call podcast, a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network president of production and programming and executive producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle. We have producer Dan Bassone with us as well for the ride here. If you are already not doing so, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss the latest episode. Write at us at Curtain Call on Twitter. We want to hear from you. Uh, okay, John, here we are at the All Star break. The Yankees finished their first half on a disappointing note a three and four homestand when they had a great window of opportunity to make some serious gains in the division and instead they go backwards and it spilled over on Sunday the final game before the break another lapse for Glaber Torres on the field surface it changed the game the hitting continues to really be the antithesis of what the Yankees DNA is what it's built on that's from Yankees GM Brian Cashman his words there and the Yankees, who have, have downplayed a lot of these concerns, and for everyone outside of the clubhouse to trust in their process, they feel something that uh, needed to change because they fired hitting coach Dylan Lawson after Sunday's loss. So, John, could you say, you know, hey, all that, the Yankees are still seven games above 500 because, for me, I would tell you there are not many signs at the moment that point to the team being better than one that's seven games over 500. What do you think? Well, you know, um, you could look at it's the old half half full, the half empty the glass. What, what is it? I don't know. Um, certainly, it's disappointing the, the, the season that they're having thus far because they, on paper, they're a better team than this. But the reality is, there's been a lot of injuries. I'm not going to make excuses for them and say that it's all about injuries. But certainly, some of this. I mean, you can't lose Judge and not have it affect you in a really, really significant way. He's such a great player, and he affects the offense so much. But it also speaks to that the, the, the layers be, be below judge, which is which they felt would, would was built in a way which would be able to pick up. And not that you could ever you know make up for the loss of judge, but certainly you should be able to play decent baseball and have good offensive numbers when you have players like Anthony Rizzo and LeMayu and Stanton and Torres and 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 you know the Donaldson. At least you, you you figure that they'll be able to do something. And the reality is collectively they've done nothing. And that's sorry, that's the reality of it. They just haven't hit at all. And so the Yankee offense is non-existent with Judge out and and the and the the other players that you've got on the team and the, are you know like I said there a lot of them are big names they're big name brands but they're just right now they're just not producing it you know could they produce in the second half of course they can it's it's possible I wouldn't say it's not you, you can never write them off but the reality is right now it doesn't look good there's a lot of red flags on this team and you know that it's uh, the Yankees obviously feel it because they fired their hitting coach yesterday as we as we record this it's uh, it's the Monday of the All Star break and the, the last game was Sunday so they you know, they fired Larson and and, and uh, you know they they needed to do something now what that means in the long run I don't know I mean it's a, it's 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 I guess they want to shake it up which I think they should do um, you know they've got to send some kind of message because they can't continue to play like this it's not that look they, they, when you look at the standings it's not that they're out of this I mean they're in a strong spot for a wild card for sure 
And they're and they're you know you look at this you look at the numbers and you say all right the Yankees are eight games out that's not an enviable position but the Rays have been losing lately Baltimore I mean, what was a looked like a huge insurmountable lead Baltimore was now only two behind them Toronto has leapfrogged the Yankees they're seven out and the Red Sox who have given up the year when this year started they were in a rebuild they're only one game behind the Yankees so the American League East is, is loaded it's a great it's really a terrific division if you look at the the, the competitiveness of it and, and how tight it is and it's becoming. So and 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 you know you look at the team in last place and the team in last place is over five hundred. So you know they've got a strong division, but that doesn't bode well for the Yankees because the way they're playing, you don't want to be playing these teams. These are some of the better teams. Tampa Bay is one of the better teams. Baltimore is one of the better teams. Toronto is one of the better teams. You don't want to be playing them. And the reality is they got a break with the schedule, you know, because they're playing you know, a, a balanced schedule now. So they don't have to play. You know the the Rays as many times, and the Orioles as many times, and the Blue Jays as many times. However, that situation like this, where you need to play them head to head to make up ground, that may work against them. So there's a lot of things working against the Yankees right now. It's not a great position for them to be in. I, obviously, you don't give up on a season because you've got a, a shot at a wild card. And, and you know when Rod- Rodon came back and he looked pretty good, Cole's been pretty good. So the top of their rotation is good. Their bullpen is pretty strong. I know that I have some questions about some of it, but the reality is it's 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 a pretty strong bullpen. They've got the pitching. You know they just have just not hit. And you can't as we were talking before uh, before we went on air about every every out is every you know every at bat becomes a stressful at bat for them because they need to score runs. I mean, no matter how good the pitching is, they're gonna give up runs. You're gonna give up two runs or three runs or four runs. You gotta be able to put the bat on the ball and score some runs. And they haven't been able to do that. So with a team that's been traditionally one of the greatest offensive teams in the history of the game, a team that's usually built on offense, it's non existent right now. And they they've got to figure out a way to get this done or 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 the playoffs will be will be non existent for them. In some wild and crazy way, I do feel like the division is still winnable for the Yankees and every other team in the East, maybe aside from the Red Sox. But I, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Yankees win this division still. would definitely not surprise me to see the Blue Jays, the Orioles, or the Rays to win it as well. But the Rays, since their 30-9 and nine start, they were they are 28-26. and 26. You think about that. A historical start at 30-9. and nine, they have only played two games above 500 since going 30 and nine. I really do believe the division is winnable, but then you have to kind of couple that with, well, there's a lot of grueling work ahead for a team like the Yankees. If they're going to make that run, I don't know. Based on what we've seen, tell me a reason to believe that they have that type of workload in them. It's tough to believe. So the offense, like you were saying, Look, I had the pleasure to sit in the booth with John Sterling this weekend uh, in that Cubs series, filling in for Susan Wallman. He he puts it bluntly. The Yankees don't hit. We know that. Well, they don't walk either. They don't work starting pitchers into deep counts. And when they get runners on base, they had double-digit hits on Sunday. They don't move anybody over. And it was just funny to to watch the great John Sterling just come out flatly and, and say what we're all seeing, uh, not holding back, though, really. and. That, that's that's the truth. That's what they've gotten away from. They don't walk that much. Their on-base percentage is literally 300. They don't move runners over. They left more than four runners at third base in Sunday's loss to the Cubs. I keep pointing back to, to that one because it was uh, looked at as a game that they should win. But then you think about the, the series opener against the Cubs, and that seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back there getting shut down by a guy like Jamison Tyone uh that seemed to be like the the game that 
led to Brian Cashman going to ownership and saying, hey, we might need to make a change uh, at hitting coach. So when when you take a look at what could be next, you ask yourself, okay, what's next? What kind of hitting coach? Uh, and, and let me preface this by saying we don't expect a new hitting coach to be the white knight on a horse to save the season, save the offense here. But what kind of background would you expect a new hitting coach to have coming in mid-season here? I mean, the Yankees have to make contact. I mean, to your point, they they don't make contact. They don't work the counts. They don't give quality. There's not there's, there's very few quality at bats. A first and second pitch, you know, swing a lot. Um, they're uh, you know, I was I was watching Tyone on Friday. Uh, I was you know, I was talking about how few how few swings and misses. I mean, how many uh, balls the Yankees actually put into play? That they put a lot, quite a few balls in play. But they could they were you know softball soft contact, but but it told you that he, he didn't have overpowering stuff. He really didn't have great stuff. Did he pitch a good game? He pitched a good game, but he wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't like you sit there and you go like, wow, this guy went to you know went, he gave seven or eight innings and he was he was like masterful. It wasn't masterful. He, he but he did what he needed to do to win. He pitched well enough to win for sure. But the Yankees looked looked overmatched by a guy who didn't have great stuff to me. It was like that. That's very telling. That's extremely telling to me when you put guys out there who doesn't have great stuff and you can't you can't you can't do anything with. I mean, yes, they were making contact, but they didn't really go anywhere with them. And plus, they were swinging early in the counts. It was like they didn't work them. They weren't trying to build up the count to get them out. They did none of that. So, I mean, the very basic fundamentals of the game, the offensive approach that they should have, they don't have. And they still swing for the fences on everything. That, that's an approach from two or three years ago. Home run, home run, home run. To me, I mean, I've always said to myself, I mean, I know the Yankees don't agree with this uh, about about some lefty bats, but you know, mm-hmm. you need lefty bats in that ballpark. I'm sorry, they, t- they keep we keep talking about. Oh, it's a short porch. It's a short porch. It's a short porch. So take advantage of it. That's the home field, pal. That's what it's there for. You built it for a home field. That's you don't like, overthink this here. Don't overthink this. Yeah. So get some lefty bats who can pull the ball and hit the ball in the seats. It's yeah. it's it's pretty fundamental, but yet we see to we, that's not something we 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 ascribe to is, is is sort of lefty bats who can put the ball in the seats. I mean, yeah, we have a few bats, a few of those guys, like a guy like Kenny, guys like that. That's fine. You can see what he's what he's done in his limited time here. So listen, and, and you know, and he's and he's bounced around a little bit, you know, and so our outfield all our outfielders have bounced around a little bit. It's like you just sit there and you look at this and you say, All right, I understand injuries, that's part of the game. I get it, but they shouldn't be they should be better than this. This team should be better than this they're just not there i'm sorry they're not and you know i i, I like aspects of it that there's certain like if judge were to come back soon it, that would make a huge difference i mean the, the yankees would have won another five or six games if they had judge if the yankees are five or six games better in the win column five or six games uh take away some of those losses the yankees are looking at a different standing right now you're not then you're not eight games out you know, you, maybe you're four games out, maybe you're three games out. You're, you're certainly right up there if, if Judge is there, despite all your issues. I mean, you, can't, you can't pin this on Judge. I mean, Judge is, Judge is one of the greatest players in the, in, in the game. He really is. We know that. And his offense, is he's, he's, he is the offense, unfortunately, right now. He's the offense and he's gone. So what are you going to do? you got to find something or we're going to find ourselves out of this in short order. And that's part of the reason why I have faith here, because – when you take a look at Aaron Judge, and again, you said it, and this it shouldn't be like this. An offense shouldn't collapse because one player is out of the lineup, no matter how good he is. But when you think of the equation of Aaron Judge plus the starting rotation becoming whole, which seems like it is on the horizon, well, then this period could be looked at as uh, 
period where the team's keeping its head above water. And there are seven games over 500. And if they do get to October, if they have judge in a full rotation, well, then they, they do have a shot to do something special, but it, it shouldn't be a head above water period. You know, you shouldn't be relying on the hope and the presence of one player like that. As for Lawson, look, he's, he's dismissed. Uh, what's next? I wonder what exactly will change. What could change, you know, other than the message sounding different and, and coming from a different perspective, I don't know if the philosophy has room to change until after the season. It's a very interesting position. I think this is why we've never really seen a coaching change from Brian Cashman in his tenure with the Yankees during the season. So it's also why I think, and again, we could find out who the next hitting coach is at any moment, John. I, I think it could be someone who is a, a former big league player. You know, you go, you go when, when you dismiss someone, you go usually – uh, with his replacement as like the polar opposite credentials. So, um, you know, I think it could be someone who has big league experience, who maybe has had prior experience as a major league hitting coach. Do ties Chili to the organization. Yeah, it's, yeah Chili, Chili Davis, Davis is, a, is a good example. And he does have ties to the organization. Does that matter? I don't think so. I think they try to find the best candidate possible, but Chili Davis is out there. Yeah. A, a very good decorated major league career. He's had hitting coach experience, plenty well of it, subscribes well to a new school of thought, could yeah. deliver a message in, in a different way. Because um, I think, yeah, and, and uh, credit to Troy Benjamin because he's the first person who floated that name in my head. And the more you think about it, the more and more uh, it could potentially make sense. But we're going to find out, obviously, before they kick off their second half out of the All-Star break in in Colorado. So I, I think oh. – the the big question that you just want to know is like, why, yeah. you know, why did the Yankees offense lose its way? But, but you know what, that's fine. And dandy, we could sit here, we could say, you know, if you know, if Ted Williams were alive and well, you know, yeah. no way we get him. All right. Okay. That's fine. But and I'm not saying a hitting coach doesn't matter, but I will tell you this, the, the Donaldson, LeMayu, Rizzo, these are, these were star players. They're star, they were star players. And right now they're, they're not playing like stars. Okay, neither of the three are, and you know, and Torres was, Torres was, you know, when the Yankees made that trade a couple of years ago, they traded Chapman to the Cubs, basically get as a rental, so they could get a prospect like Torres who had so much potential and was looked as an all-world. He was going to be the player. He just was. He had he, he was the best prospect in the game at the time. And not that he's been a tremendous disappointment. He hasn't been that. He's had some really, he's had one or two really good years for the Yankees. He's capable of playing really, really good baseball. But he also makes some fundamental mistakes and he, he's, he's flawed here and there. And, you know, I don't know that he's been exactly the player that the Yankees thought they were going to get. Although he's not a bad player. I would not say he is. I'm just, but, the, but, but Donaldson is, is, he's got, he's got what, 13 or 14 hits, 10 of them are homers. That's great. But I mean, to get three other hits, I mean, what does that say? It says that, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's guessing, say they're waiting on fastballs and he could turn a fastball around, but what else has he done? So he's not playing well. Rizzo is in a miserable slump. 
It's, I mean, he's sitting a little bit better the last few games, but what is he hitting? I mean, he's, he's, the Yankees have him for his power. This is a guy who hits 30-something home runs a year. and is, You need him to do that. And right now, you know, he's really struggling. Is he hurt? I don't know. Maybe he's playing hurt. I have no idea. But he's certainly not playing the way Anthony Rizzo is supposed to play. So, you know, you look at that, you scratch your head. LeMayu, LeMayu has been in trouble, was, had been in trouble last year. He's in trouble this year. Is it the injury? Is It could be. It probably is. I mean, that's still lingering and bothering him. But right now, he's struggling, too. Those are guys that you need production from, and you just simply haven't gotten it. At Stanton, too. Stanton, is, Stanton, the first two years, he struggled. And then he gave us it was two pretty decent years. It really did. And he's very capable, when he gets hot, of, of carrying a baseball team. He hasn't done it since he's, he hasn't carried them so far. They really need him to do something. So when he's not hitting, and Rizzo's not hitting, and and and, and uh, LeMayu's not hitting, and Tonelson's not hitting, I mean, how many guys can you carry or aren't hitting? That's half your lineup. You just named four players. It's half I mean, your lineup. Who else, who else can hit? I mean, Volpe, yeah. who really was, you know, really struggled for a while, and there were a lot of questions about what was going on there. But the reality is he's gotten a little bit better. He's hitting a little bit better now. And the Yankees could actually could get away with carrying him. Not that he's been bad, but he's a decent shortstop. He's gotten some big hits. He's fine. The Yankees could get away with that if the microscope wasn't so, so, so severe on the rest of the team right now. It's on him, too. They, so they keep everybody's questioning everything the Yankees do. And that's that's not fair. Bobby should get a chance to develop. I don't know if he's I don't know what they're going to do with him long term. I mean, he's, he's, he's been pretty good. He plays pretty well. Peraza is a pretty good shortstop, though. And maybe somewhere in there, maybe one of them plays second, one plays. I don't know what they'll do. But they've got they've got an answer between him and Peraza of that middle infield somewhere they'll figure it out but 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 the reality is right now everybody's looking at them and they're looking at it and say that because the team has not played well and i'll tell you what they have not played exciting baseball that to I me mean, that's the thing you want it to, you want the team to be exciting but they have they're playing lackluster right now they just are i'm sorry they're not playing up to the, their capabilities and they're not playing with the intensity that i think they should be playing with and again I, i'm not questioning their heart or their desire or anything else i'm just telling you right now that the product that's out there right now is just not it's just not acceptable. The Yankees are better than this, and they got to start showing it. Or we'll find ourselves sitting home in October, and nobody wants that. I, I think we'll be in the playoffs. I do think we'll straighten a lot of this out. I, I'm, I'm optimistic, but you know what? Right now, they, they got to start something fast. They got to show us something. Got to show us fast. And, and let me just double down on what you just said. No one can come out here and say that they are going out on the field without the drive, without the desire. They are working hard. They're going out there. They're competing hard. Absolutely. The results just aren't there right now. Um, and this is a results-driven business. They know that better than most. So uh, d- does does the hitting coach shake things up? Does it jolt anything? I don't know. Would a change in lineup personnel do the trick? Uh, I think that we're not too far away from from finding out because that's definitely the next uh, shoot to drop here. And uh, it's very interesting leading up to the second half of the season when they come out of the All-Star break on this road trip starting this weekend in Colorado. Okay, John, let's let's take a look around the majors. I think the biggest topic right now is everyone's in Seattle for the All-Star game. Everyone's wondering what's going to happen with Shohei Otani, and it relates to the status of Mike Trout, who's going to be sidelined for a number of weeks with a broken bone in his hand. Of all teams, we're talking about the Angels here. They've been in contention from a business standpoint, an ownership standpoint with the future of Shohei Otani, tell me why you would risk Otani walking away for nothing in free agency and not trading him at the deadline if the Angels struggle without Trout. 
Well, they've got a feel. I mean, I don't know uh, what Artie Moreno is. I don't know Artie Moreno that well. And he's the owner of the Angels. I, I don't know what their what their business plan is. It'd be unfair for me to sort of speculate on too much of that other than to say, um, if you're him, you could say, okay, we could get a, even though it's a limited run, it's only for, it's what you're talking about, two months. It's a kind of a limited run. It's, he would still command a boatload of players and, and a boatload of prospects. He just would. I mean, they can't, they, they say they, they would just to get something back. Well, they'd have to get something significant. If I'm the Angels, I'm just not going to trade him to trade him to get a couple of prospects. I'm looking for something that could really, if I do trade him, it would be A, it would be because I don't think I could sign him. That would be number one. So I'd have to really feel like I don't have any chance to sign him. So therefore, I should get something back in return. But if I'm going to get something back in return, and give up on my shot at the wild card. Remember, they're very much in the wild card. You know, they are even with Trout. You know, out of this, you know, do you I, 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 I hear. You, I got to interject because it's like, what does one wild card appearance do for Shohei Otani when he's thinking about his next team and his future? Like, what, what is it? Like, you know, well, the scope of what happens with the Angels. Plan. Well, the Angels. What that says to your fan base is, we give up. We're giving up, and I don't know that you want to say that to your fan base. That's what I'm saying to you. Is that you know, from a business standpoint, you never want to say. We, we're, we're waving the flag. I mean, there were times when, you know, the Yankees in years past have, you know, got to the deadline. They really had to do some, and, they, and the one year they decided to do it, they really did do it. You know, they, that's when they got Glaber Torres. They traded Chapman. Remember, they got Miller, and they, they made those deals because they felt that they, Robinson Cano, right? Did Robinson Cano one year? They did it with him as well. Did they trade him one year? And the deadline was that deal, or am I mistaken? I've got that confused with something. Well, no, they let him, they, they let him walk in free agency, but then they, they went on a signing spree. Oh, that's right. So that's yeah. right. I, I stay corrected there. But the, they have done that in the past where they've addressed it. You know, they've said, okay, let's just do it. The Yankees are not going to do that. The, the Yankees are not having a good time of it right now. But the Yankees, are, as far as I know, they're, they're not going to be, they're going to, if anything, they're going to try and get some help. They're going to try to fortify, get some hitters, try to fortify themselves, do what they can to, and it's going to be tough for them because that, they, they, it's limited what they could do right now, to be honest with you. But they're going to try and, and do something. So I, I suspect the Angels will try and do something too because they're in it. They're in a wild card position. So they're not going to just give up. They shouldn't give up. So the idea of just sort of giving him, just making a trade to make a trade to get something back, I don't think they're going to do it. It also sends a message to him is if is unless they feel they have no chance to sign him. And I don't think that that's true. I think they do have a chance to sign him, although the Dodgers are going to be extremely competitive. They're right up the road. And the Dodgers give, if I'm Otani and I sit there, what do I do? I say, well, the Dodgers are perennially, you know, they're perennially there. And this is not one of their best years, the Dodgers. This is, I mean, they're they're kind of showing their uh, uh, some of their warts a little bit. They're, they're not having their best year, but still in all, they're in first place. So you look at where they are, you look at where that organization always is, and you look at how, you know, the West Coast and all the stuff that Otani loves is it is it for him? Do I make that move? If I'm him, maybe I consider the Dodgers for sure, because the money will be significant. If the Angels were to step up and pay him what he's looking for, it would be significant. The Dodgers could step up and pay him what significant money. So can the Mets. There are several. The Yankees could too, I suppose. There are several teams out there that could could really go, make a run at Otani, and I don't know what that number is. I have no idea if if, if the regular you know the regular position player number is the forty that that Judge is getting. Well, then what is Otani going to get now in a war in his walk year? Given what his value is, he's a global player. How many players can you say in baseball are global players? Judge is a great player. He's a great player, and he's he's one of the he's the face of the game. He's one of the faces, if not the face of the game, but. Globally, Otani is the fake because he's global. 
because he's you know he he speaks to several countries. He's 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 Otani. He, he's global, and he does he pitches and he hits and he does everything. And so there's never been a player like that. Ruth, maybe perhaps you know going back to you know the the uh, the 1920 and 19 whatever uh, the late uh, teens in the 1900s. Uh, you know your middle school years. Yes, there you go. I'm sorry about that. I'm meandering now. But but the uh, but uh, this, Ruth was was a very special. That's why Ruth is the greatest player in the history of the game. It still is in my mind because he did all those things and he did them on the level which he did them. And uh, you know, the, Otani's doing that same sort of thing, although not, not having the not having the 50 or 60 home runs, but he's hitting the home runs and he's making. He is a global presence, and he is a he is a not general generational. He's a once in a lifetime player. Mm-hmm. He is. You could talk about Mickey Mantle all you want. Mickey Mantle was one of the greatest players that I ever saw. I mean, obviously, and I saw Mickey, you know, and, and I was say I was really a child for the most part in the fifties and sixties. I was still very young, but I knew what I was watching to, to to at least to some extent. Mickey Mantle was one of the greatest players of all time, all time. Had some of the greatest years of all time. You can't sit there and, and say Mickey wasn't. And there are other players who had great years and great careers and great whatever. This guy, he's got to do it. For, I mean, he hasn't done it enough years. Where you could compare him to sort of the roots and the mantles, and then you can't compare him to any of those players because he hasn't done it long enough. But what he's showing right now is historical on a stage that's never been presented before. And he will be, he's an enormous drawing card, and he means a lot of money to a team. No matter what they pay him, he's gonna he'll bring a lot of that money back if he stays healthy. It's always a gamble. Health mm-hmm. is always a gamble, it's a big caveat. But if he stays healthy, this guy is is a global presence, the like of which the game has not seen ever. If he's healthy, that could be said with with any player. Let's let's go to another player who is drawing a lot of attention, a lot of eyeballs as well. And I tell you what, the Yankees were in Cincinnati third week of May. If you told me that I would be uttering the name Cincinnati Reds to you on a podcast, the All-Star break, I would have looked at you like you had five heads. Yet here we are. The Reds are in first place in that division. And Ellie De La Cruz, who has less than a month in the big leagues, has taken this sport over. He has done a sensational job. You were seeing him drip with athleticism and a really high baseball IQ. He has been fun to watch. The All-Star game is here. De La Cruz is the talk of the sport. He is not in Seattle for the event. Again, only has several weeks in the league. Does he need to be there? Yes, he does. But, But to his credit, he said... I want to focus on the team. I don't want to the distraction of sort of going to Seattle to play in an All Star game or something along those lines. He's not going. It's it's a, it's basically his choice. If he wanted to go, they they could find a way to get him to go. Believe me, they could. The commissioner has picks. They they have those extra picks. They they could name him to the team, and, and they should name him to the team, even if he doesn't go. I don't know. Was he named to the team? Even though he's not. No. Going. No, not to my knowledge, no. They should have named it. That's that's being short-sighted because what he's done has been truly amazing. And I know it's only a month. I guess you could say that maybe they felt that it maybe is is it disrespectful to some of the other players who have played careers and have played have had great halves as opposed to one guy who's played maybe it's just a hot month. We've seen guys have hot months before. Yeah. Never a hot month like this that I can recall. This is not Shane Spencer. You know, this is not Kevin Moss. This is not one of those, you know, I had a great month and I, I belong with the with the elite players of the game. This kid is exceptional. This kid does everything well and in, in a way in which I don't know who does it better. I mean, 
you see him do things like stealing three bases on three pitches, which he did the other day. I've never seen that ever. I've never seen that. Stealing of home was unbelievable what he did. And the way he, he swings a bat and he hits for a cycle, the way he plays the out, the way he plays at the infield, the way he plays his position, the, I mean, there is nothing about this kid that isn't exceptional. He His confidence is just, it just exudes all over the field. Everywhere he goes, it's confidence. And the team around him has rallied in a way the city has rallied around. That's a very proud historical franchise that has struggled mightily in, 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 in recent years, mightily, in, in, in a long time. They ain't the red machine for a long time. Mm-hmm. This team now is one of the most exciting, most interesting teams in the game. They're in first place. They, they got, finally got there. They're first place out of the Brewers now as we have, the, have this discussion. So that's amazing. And, and what they've done, how they've done it. On the, I, I'm so excited. Listen how passionate I am about this kid. This kid is great. And I, I can't say enough about him. And baseball should do everything they can to put him in the forefront because that's where he belongs. We're here for entertainment, right? We're, yes. The All-Star game is a jewel event. It, it's an exhibition as well. Leave as much room for entertainment as possible. Ellie De La Cruz belongs in Seattle to be on that national stage. When we were in Cincinnati with the Yankees, it was a big weekend because Aaron Judge was in town. It gave people a reason in that city to go to the ballpark. And they flocked to Great American Ballpark for that. Now they're flocking for one of their own. And when he came up, you know, we we had a couple of series against NL Central opponents. And I said to myself, if this is going to continue, Ellie De La Cruz, this division this division could be decided by one player. One player. And that's proven to be true because the Reds are like 10 games over 500 at the moment. I just never thought that we'd be spending time at the All-Star break on a player on the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yet here we are with Ellie De La Cruz. I think he they should be. They went to the balance schedule. One of the reasons yeah. that they gave was they said, so I remember somebody saying, a prominent saying, well, you know, they use Cincinnati as an example. The Cincinnati Reds should should get to see Aaron Judge. They, those fans should get to see Aaron Judge, which I, I said that. I said oh, that to you. You said it. Okay. You said it to yeah. me. You know what? And you were absolutely right. They should get a chance to see Aaron Judge. You know, to, 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 I agree. They, they should. You know what? Now you could say the Yankee fans should see De La Cruz. 100%. So there you go. So that ain't going away. That's scheduled. But stay right where it is, despite the fact that sometimes, like this year, it would have been really great to see the Yankees and everybody in the American League sort of battle each other in a division where everybody's so close. It would have been great because they really would have gone down to the wire with with first place at stake and the wild cards at stake. Everything would have been at stake. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's 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 the way that goes, I suppose. But but you know, yes, he's an exciting, he's a exciting player, and uh, and he seems like a good kid, and that's uh. Uh, it's just it's it's just great to see it's great to see the the game has been sure the, the the pace of the game is so much better some some of the young kids who are in the game now are playing are so it's so exciting i mean you look at a, we haven't even touched on you know Acuna and the braves and you know what they're doing and so you you look at the, where they are you look at their pitching going i don't know the braves are really going to be tough to beat really tough to beat and they did even when the guys get hurt they they just pull guys out of i don't know where they pull them from they sign them they pull them they develop them then they sign them for long term that is a brilliantly run organization that's what stands out to me about the braves they have the best record in baseball it's not just that they've been a juggernaut they faced a lot of adversity they have a lot of injuries and they withstand they're they're able to withstood them all i mean bryce selder was not on too many people's radar in spring training as being a major factor and a player here for this braves team and yet he's going to you know He's having an all-star season. He's been terrific. The Braves won a series at the Trop this weekend. 
uh, against the Rays. And yeah, the, the Braves look like pound for pound, one of the best well-run organizations uh, in the game. But since we are at the All-Star break and we're talking about some teams that maybe have surprised for good reason, let's talk about some teams that have underperformed. And a lot of people talk about with the trade deadline coming up, man, it's going to be a really thin market because so many teams believe that they're still in it. I think there's a lot of teams that are probably in denial. So I'm wondering, out of the major disappointments, and let me just run through the league here. I mean, there are there are a handful of them here, John. You you have, I guess, with the Mariners, a game above 500. I can't put them into that group just yet. But, I mean, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Padres, the White Sox. Out of those teams who have underperformed, who are you totally writing off? Well, you know, I would write the White Sox off, but that division is 500. You know, it's like <laughs> it doesn't it's not forever to to climb back and it'll be it's going to be a struggle for them to climb back. Uh the Padres are, you know, are a disappointment certainly because I thought it would be the year they they would win the division. That finally somebody would unseat the Dodgers and it just it hasn't worked like that. Um, the the Cardinals are a major disappointment. I thought the Cardinals would be, I don't know if the Cardinals would win it, but they'd certainly be better than they've shown. They've been awful. They really have been awful. So, uh, you know, I, I would say the Cardinals look pretty, I mean, those teams, some of them, they all look bad. Every one of the teams you mentioned looks bad. The, the, one of them, you know, I, I, I honestly, honestly, I, I don't know what the Mets, I don't, I can't see it unless their pitching really straightens itself out. Their starters and their bullpen is a disaster. Their starters have got to find more consistency. They still don't have the pitching and haven't even had the hitting, to be honest with you. Although, you know, I could see some of those, some of those bats coming alive. Lindor's playing better, is, is hitting better. He's, he's hit for power, he's hit for run, just wasn't hit for average. He's starting to hit a little bit better. So, you know, that's important to them. You know, uh, they're having, you know, McNeil's not having a good year. Too many guys, questionable years, but some of the guys are coming on the, as of late. Uh, you know, Buck Showalter was the best managers in the game. And this year, you know, all of a sudden people say that he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. So he went from being one of the great managers in the game, all of a sudden he can't manage. I don't think so. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that uh, the players have just not been, you know, performing and that just happens sometimes. So, you know, I don't know. The, a lot was expected of the Mets and very little has has they've kind of disappointed for sure. But they're in a division, a tough division. The Braves are really exceptional. The Phillies are pretty good. You know, and the Marlins are much improved. So they're also a byproduct of, they're, yeah, they're not playing well, but the, the teams, that the Marlins, the Phillies, those teams have been pretty good. The Braves, they expected. The Phillies were, you know, obviously went to the World Series last year. The Marlins have really started to put it together. So all of a sudden, you know, are, are you that bad or is your competition just improved that much? Was a combination of both? I really don't know. Uh, like I said, I think the Padres should be should be better, but who, they'll be interesting to see what they do because mm -hmm. if you know if, if they could be massive sellers, they could turn over half of that team, and they could get a lot back for a lot of those players. So we'll be interested to see what they do. That's going to be interesting. That, that's a team that's interesting at the trade deadline. Yeah, you watch know. them in the next uh, few yeah. weeks to see what they could potentially do. But it you you brought up an interesting point. Are these teams underperforming? And you know. They probably are. A lot of that is true. But how much of it is some of the new blood that we're seeing in 2023 who are in contention? Teams like the Rangers, teams like the Marlins, you know, they're going to be making uh, the Mets sweat, the the Astros sweat, the Yankees sweat. They're they're forcing some of these blue bloods from the last half decade to uh, have to work hard in the second half. Will it sustain? Will they be able to sustain that type of pace, teams like the Rangers, teams like the Marlins, we're going to find out and see. That's why uh, that's why we play the game here. Uh, but it's made it don't for a very Houston. interesting first half. Don't write off Houston. Don't. Yeah. I mean, they've got the pedigree. They, I think they're winning the West. I'll just. I, yeah. I think they will too. You know, because they're right there, 
And, you know, the Rangers had a nice little lead for a bit of time. And now they're starting to, although the Rangers, are, they're much improved. Let's face it, they are. And they put a lot of money into Grom because they thought yeah. they really needed the help at starting pitching. And it, but but Evaldi has been just awesome for them. Evaldi's had an incredible year for him. That's, that's I'll tell you what, if I had to do all over again and I was when I was running a team, I was doing whatever, Nathan Evaldi would be somebody that I would have, you, if you had a crystal ball and you knew all this would happen, Nathan Evaldi would be somebody you would sign for a career. Because look at what he's done. And he's through yeah. two Tommy Johns. Through two Tommy John surgeries, he's been able to do it. That guy is unbelievable. And he's having just he's having another great year for it. It was just a pickup because they needed help to fill out a starting staff. Let's take a flyer at the guy because he's he's done it before, but that's I don't know if he can continue to do it. He went and now he's having another great year. So he all that guy does is go out and win and have a great year and prove everybody wrong. He's an amazing, amazing competitor, an amazing pitcher, and they put a lot of money into Grom, and that that's going that turned out to be a, 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 a obviously not a great investment as it's turning out for them. But they didn't know, you know. But again, that was that was really they were really that's really a, a crapshoot for sure. It really was. But uh, you know what are you going to do? That's the game, you know. So, but uh, the Rangers are good. The Rangers are good. They're they're to be heard from too. Because again, whoever was that division, the other one is a great spot to be a wild card. So you know, I, you know. So again, it, it just makes the Yankee hunt that more, much more difficult because there's quite a few teams that are in this wild card position. Even though there are three of them, you know, you've got you've got. Look, we named them before. We went through this before. But the American League, and you look at you look at Baltimore right now, right? Say say Tampa wins, maybe they won't, but say they do. But Baltimore is a wild card, and 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 uh, Toronto is a wild card position. The Yankees are in a wild card position. Houston or Texas, one of them is in a wild card position. I mean, the Angels are not far; they're they're in a wild card position. Although I don't really love them against the other teams, but let's just. Put I'm waiting in for it. the Mariners to make their run because they have the pitching. which they haven't done yeah. yet. See, that's the thing we, you mentioned them before is a disappointment, and you're right to this point they are. But there's a lot of talent yeah. on that too. They can make a run. So there you go. It's going to be very interesting. Yep. Very. My my one bold prediction for the second half is that all three wild cards in the American League will come out of the AL East. Who they are, I have no idea. But that's my bold prediction. Uh, do you have a bold prediction as we land the plane here, Mr. John J. Filippelli? Uh, do I have a bold position? Um, I think things will get better for the Yankees. I I, I think uh, and and I do. I just I just think they will. They right now they're just they're just not showing it and on and, and on so many levels, but but I do believe that they will. I do believe that I do believe Judge will come back at some point. Uh, I don't know when that is. I don't have any. I'm not privy to that information. I don't know, uh, but I do suspect he will be back hopefully before Labor Day for sure. Somewhere in August, and there'll be enough of a season left for him to make a difference in their offense and for him to to help. I think the Yankees will be will be active at the deadline. I think they'll get a batter too that will help them. Um, I don't know what they will trade. That's the most interesting thing to me is what do you move? Because you could move some of the pieces that are there. But our reality is there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want one or two of the players who are in the Yankee system, whether that be Jason Dominguez or it be Wells, Austin Wells, or, you know, I will then that will the Yankees. The Yankees have always resisted trading prospects, especially two prospects like those two. The Yankees have resisted that in the past. But but what do you do? If you're the Yankees and you say, we have a chance to stay in this and get whatever, but we're going to have to give up one of those prospects or two of those, do they make that move? I don't know what they'll do. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, what are they going to do with Seve? That's interesting to me too, because he, he he's, he's, been, he's been hot and cold, and lately he's been just cold. But you know, but the performance he gave the other night where he was he was just let's face it, he was it was awful. But but the reality is he's not an awful player. I mean, he had an awful performance. He's had awful several of them, 
He's also a couple of good ones. So which one is really there? And can he turn the corner? And you know, is he you know is he tipping his pitches? I mean, I was sitting there saying to myself, I wonder if he's tipping his pitches because they were on every pitch. Or was he just that didn't have the velocity? Velocity is not there. The, the movement has certainly not been there either. So if if those things are not there for him and he's tipping his pitches or whatever, I don't know. If they could figure that out, like see, there's so many ifs here. The Yankees are a team of ifs. This is Rudlett was Kipling, the poet Kipling, right? If the famous poet. If, <laughs> That's if right. The Yankees, Rudy Yard Kipling. If if the Yankees get Judge back, if the Yankees, you know, second not second tier, you can't call them that, but the the next the players will be who will, who are supposed to carry the team with, in Judge's absence, whether that be Rizzo, whether that be you know I don't know, whether that be Donaldson, whether that be Stanton, whether that be Torres. Those guys have got to step up, and they haven't. They've got to step. So there's a big gift there. Judge is a big gift. The 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 players, uh, the next level of players after Judge are a big question. They're a big if. You know, the, to me, honestly, the guys closing the games are a little bit of an if. I you know I I I don't think that they're bad. I don't think that that uh, that Holmes is bad. I don't think that that King is bad. I just don't do. But they're not Chapman and they're not Mariano. When I say Chapman, I mean the Chapman of. of it was, but he was closing games with the Yankees with, with great success. He's not that, and I, they're they're not that. And I do I think they do I think they're good. I think they're okay. And I think they 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 struggle sometimes. But to me, I want certainty in that position. I want a lockdown guy, and I, they're they're not locked down at this point. So there's a question there. So you know you've got questions everywhere here, and the Yankees have got to start addressing some of those question marks with exclamation points. They need not question marks. They need exclamation points. If they could do that in some cases, they got a real shot to make the players. If they don't do it, then they're going to meander out of this pretty quickly. That's that's the way I see it. I have faith that the majority of the ifs for the Yankees will correct themselves in, in the second half. Will it be enough to get to the postseason? We got to play the games. But I think I have faith that they'll they'll be able to correct a lot of these issues. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us, John. Enjoy the All-Star break, the rest of it. Enjoy the Midsummer Classic. Um, I. Uh, I hope you could enjoy a game where they're they're playing with like these stock uniforms and not the individual team uniforms. I don't know how big you of a uni stickler you are, but uh, that that grinds my gears. I don't know about you, but um, I, 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 I saw live the, with it. I, the uniforms that don't excite me. Yeah. Um, oh well. But well, that's look. Uh, there are a lot of things in life that don't excite me. That doesn't. That's right. The rest of the world is an excitement. So we ignore them. And we move on. Exactly. Yeah, we move on to things that do excite us. Um, a little downtime excites us here, and uh, we will uh, we'll get back in with the, the Yankees for a couple of days. Will do. Yeah, yeah. We'll be rested and recharged. Yankees are back at it on a Friday in Denver against the Rockies. So to everybody out there, thanks for listening. Enjoy the All Star break. Enjoy the All Star game, and get back to Yankees baseball this weekend in Colorado against the Rockies. So that's going to do it for this episode of Curtain Call. Big thanks to our producer, Dan Bassone, and of course, John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle. We will talk to you next time on another edition of the Curtain Call podcast production of the Yes Network. Take care, everybody. Have a good break, everybody.